Welcome into No Pun Intended, presented by Club Fantasy. I am your host, Joe Zola. We are continuing on with our A Look Inside series, team previews with the Chicago Bears, Los Angeles Rams, and Josh's beloved Philadelphia Eagles. And joining me, as always, the lovable Joshua Hudson. Josh, how are you? I'm not even going to lie. I'm a little nervous today. <laughs> that doesn't happen to me very often, but I'm a little nervous. I'm a little nervous. Why, why is that, Josh? I just, as you can see, that the the guy right below me, I did not think that we could get somebody that is this big on the show. Um, I'm absolutely honored, and and Ryan, I want to give you a huge, huge shout out for this. So I'm going to let you go ahead and introduce our guest if people can't tell who it is already. Oh, I thought you were talking about me. I'm so- <laughs> I thought he was too. I was like, it's kind of disrespectful to Ryan. Okay. Josh. Wow. I didn't know you got so nervous every time. I was- <laughs> no, in it all takes ser- a lot to make me nervous. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> in all seriousness, uh, I've been writing with these guys for four years now. Uh, got the pleasure of getting in on the ground floor with the writer. So we welcome Mike, the fantasy hitman, right to the show. Uh, Mike's the goat, so I'll let Mike go ahead and say oh, a few things. And so. <laughs> the goat, I love it. Hello, well, yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know what's going on in my video. I'm a little bit blown out here. I apologize, or that's just my angelic uh, halo effects upon this podcast. <laughs> Not exactly sure, uh, but I am. I am loving Joe. The, the the way your name rolls off is Josolo. Like you, you need to just turn that into one name. They don't even don't even split those anymore. Your name is Josolo. That's what uh, it's funny you say that because all throughout high school and college, whenever I would talk to someone or meet a new person, they would never call me just Joe. They would call me by my Joe first name. Yeah, by my by my whole name or because just my by name my is great. Yeah. yeah, or just by my last name because they really liked just Zolo straight up. It's a good uh, one. I mean, I've good. heard Han Zolo. Uh, oh. Yeah. Oh, you you name it, I've probably heard it. And if you can come up with it, then congratulations for you. You come up with a new nickname for me, and I'm always welcome to that. So uh, thank you, Hitman, for joining us. This is absolutely fantastic. This is going to be an incredible show, ladies and gentlemen. So just to start off, so we are recording our live show right now. If you're listening to the podcast on 97.3 in Fort Lauderdale, Miami, and you want to see us live, you want to see Hitman's beautiful halo around his body Mm, live on Mm, air, mm, you want to join us Wednesday nights, Around 7 o'clock Eastern is when we go live. The podcaster push out the following morning. So if you want to see us, ask us questions live on air like our friend Stepmom Lauren is right now. Hey, Lauren. Please join us. Yes, Lauren giving us a hey, what's up? Hello, everybody. All right. So before we start off with anything here, the big news, Raheem Mostert has requested a trade. Now, this was interesting because, again, at the time of this recording, this just came out like a couple hours ago. So... I who I'm a little I don't know why right he was trying to renegotiate his deal stuff fell through and it is what happens but I mean as it stands right now Mostert is probably the RB1 in San Francisco it's a crowded backfield with Coleman and Jeff Wilson Jr like all these guys are going to get touches but I think a lot of people are probably drafting Mostert as the top guy in San Francisco. And let's let's just start off here. I know we're not talking 49ers specifically all day, but this is big news. We'll start with Mike here. Are you still drafting Mostert as the RB1 right now in San Francisco with everything going on? Yes, I am. I, I don't believe that he will be traded. This, is, this wasn't Mostert. This was his agent coming out and kind of flexing the muscles and trying to get the man paid. 
and I'm always on team player, get your money when you can get your money. Mostert is 28. Like He's not a young running back in the league, no. and he has never really been paid. Now, what, while I say I'm always on team player, what's v a little bit interesting about Mostert's situation, you go back two years ago where he was kind of having a little bit of a breakout. He got this, this huge opportunity. Yep. Uh, a couple games in, looks electric, breaks his arm. San Francisco didn't have to bring him back, but they gave him an extension. So it's, it's not like he hasn't made any money, but it's, so it's like, I feel a little bit conflicted in this one that like San Francisco did him a pretty big solid of giving him a three-year multi-million dollar deal, but he has outplayed that contract, especially if they're going to lean on him. I mean, that you trade away Matt Burita, you're sending out the signals that Raheem Mostert and Tevin Coleman are going to be the two guys and the second half of last year, Tevin Coleman was essentially sent to the bench. Uh, I know Coleman had the one playoff game, but if I'm remembering correctly, I think Mostert was dealing with a bit of a injury in that game, and then Mostert yep. took the job right back. So he's the guy. Yes, I'm, I would still be drafting Mostert as the RB1. I don't know if I want to draft him in the fourth round. I don't know if I want to pay that price right now. But if you were drafting him like that before, this news is not... I'm not jumping off of that just because an agent's trying to get his player some money. Yeah, this is just a negotiating tactic. That's all this is. I mean, and and really, I think it's a bad one because look at who's sitting there on free agency right now. Devontae Freeman, right. who's had, yeah. you know, history with Kyle Shanahan. Like, I mean, I, I get you want to get your guy paid, but it's the wrong time to do it. It's just my personal opinion. So What's funny is... Well, I was going to say, the only thing about Freeman is Freeman came right out and said he wants $5 million a year or whatever. If that's all it's going to take to make Mostert happy, they're going to be able to bump that up to where I don't know that that's so much in play. But I think Mike hit it on the head. When Brita left, that opened up this bargaining chip for Mostert and his agent. And they're going to jump on that right now before it starts getting later into the season. Yeah, and McKinnon took a pay cut. So it's not like they don't have a little extra money that they could throw his way, even if it is just for this year. Oh, yeah. Jarek McKinnon's still a 49er. How about that name? <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. still a thing. <laughs> yeah, completely forgot about that. But something that's interesting before we move into uh, our first team of the night here, the Bears. Looking at pro football reference, according to their stats, Raheem Mostert has played in 50 games in his NFL career. If you're looking at just with the 49ers, uh, he has played in a total of, as I'm trying to do quick math in my head, 36. He's played in 36 games. Not once has he been the starter. So that's something that's interesting. They never have him as the starter. In, so the 16 games he played last year, he was never a starter. find that very interesting talking about this RB1 conversation. So from a guy who's currently at RB26, uh, according to Fantasy Pros, to a guy who's now at RB25, David Montgomery, who is Joshua Hudson's upside for the Chicago Bears. Ryan, you have his counterpart in Tariq Cohen. Josh, you have Jimmy Graham as a downside. Thank the Lord. Uh, Ryan, you have Allen Robinson. Yeah, right. Way to take the layup. All right, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, literally. We're fans of Jimmy Graham on this show. Um, yeah, Mike, you will you will notice that I despise Jimmy Graham. I, nothing against the man oh, no. as, a, as a person. It is strictly fantasy football. I still don't understand why people draft him. It blows my mind. Like, 
Oh, the fact that he's tight end 30 right now makes me mad. Like, he shouldn't be drafted. <laughs> he shouldn't be drafted. Like, that makes me mad. Oh, uh, I mean, that's a little bit too far. He's, <laughs> he's yeah. the starting tight end for the Bears. I'm, that's not saying a whole lot. I mean, granted, you know, like, Matt Nagy, that he wanted his Travis Kelsey. He paid uh, Burton to come in and try and be that. It didn't work out, so he at least... He wants Travis Kelsey. I mean, look at the depth chart. Look how many tight ends were on the Chicago Bears. He desperately, like 30 of them. desperately wants one of them to emerge and be a part of the offense. And and I, look, I'm, I'm generally with you. The, the past couple of years, I've been shocked that people are going in on, on Jimmy Graham at the places that they were willing to draft him. But as far as I'm concerned, he's going to be the starter. I don't know if that's... I don't know if that's better than tight end 30, but <laughs> but he's at least the starter. He is actually, at least the starter. I actually looked it up for the show. They have nine tight ends on roster right now. They have nine total defensive linemen on roster right I love now. that. And they I drafted one. Yeah, they, hold on. They didn't, they didn't just draft one. They drafted him as their first pick in the yeah. draft. Like, I don't what? know what they're doing, man. Oh, okay. Yeah, especially with how bad that offensive line is. And they Terrible. decide to take a tight end. Like I, it that, just makes that, hold on. sense to me. That can't block. Let's just add, add that in there. Jimmy Graham can't block. I think he was talking about Komet. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Komet. Well, and that's All the thing. Right, Komet only has like one good year in college. Like no. he was a decent blocker. I didn't think he like blew the lids off of everything. But I mean, he's very raw as a talent. So I, I like to me, and and we talk about this all the time with you know young tight ends coming into the league. It takes time for them to really get acclimated and produce, even from a fantasy perspective, let alone just being able to come in and know all the blocking schemes, the route trees, et cetera. So I'm not expecting a ton from Komet this year, but he's definitely somebody to keep an eye on because, again, like he's he was their first pick this year. They want to get him involved in some way, shape, or form. So we'll see what happens. When Nick Foles eventually takes over the starting job with absolutely no pressure, he'll look to Cole Komet, and that's when you want to pick up Cole Komet. That, then, then he'll be reliable in fantasy football. Trust fall. Josh, you have Allen Robinson. Ryan, you have David Montgomery. Rookie to watch, you both have Cole Komet, the first pick for the Bears in the 2020 draft. My sleeper, I have Anthony Miller. He currently sits at wide receiver like 55. Ooh. Ooh, 55. What, what he... <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> oh, Ryan coming through with the merch. <laughs> Boom. Wow. Nice. Uh, I, inadvertent plug. That was fantastic. Um, so I, I just, what Anthony Miller did towards the tail end of last year, um, I had him as my sleeper going into last year as well, and he was utterly disappointing up until the fantasy playoffs. Uh, I hope he carries off that momentum I think he's a fantastic talent out of the slot. And with no Taylor Gabriel, I think that opens up doors for him a lot more. Uh, IDP, Roquan Smith, third-year guy out of Georgia. Oh, no one told me this was an IDP show. <laughs> what is happening? I am, this is all Joe. I hear Ryan. him with this. No. I am, I am the only... What is I'm, this? Yeah, I'm the only person on the show that looks for sleepers and that does IDPs. So I just I highlight the IDP for the minority that that does do IDP. I love IDP, but Roquan Smith, an absolute <laughs> freak out of Georgia. Uh, he is incredible. Uh, I know he w did have some injuries last year, but he should bounce back. Have a great year. Okay, from. 
the uh, despising of the best inside, or one of the best inside linebackers in the NFL, and Roquan Smith. We go to uh, despising a second-year man out of Iowa State that made everybody mad in fantasy football last year that drafted him in like the 11th, 12th round to be one of their running backs, David Montgomery. So, Josh, you're upside here, so I guess I'll, I'll let you lead off here. Why do you have Montgomery as an upside? Because I, I'm pre- I believe Montgomery was our rookie to watch last year yeah. for the Chicago Bears. And Ryan, you even have him as your trust fall. So why why are we feeling David Montgomery in year two after a, I guess, lackluster? I don't want to say lackluster because it was Oh, it was lackluster. You can say lackluster. It's okay. But like over. It was bad. But that's uh, like, I don't even know how much of it was his fault. Yeah. I mean, just looking at just the offensive line for starters was a abysmal last year mm-hmm. i mean pro football focus had them ranked as the 25th best or eighth worst i guess if you want to call it that there was only one player that even had any sort of impact on that offensive line and that was james daniels and it wasn't even until midway through the year when he switched to left guard when he really took off and actually showed that hey i can play in, in this league but the one thing that i that i look at with montgomery just look at chicago's record when they give him the football, when he touches the ball 15 or more times, they're eight and four. When he has 15 or more rushes, they're six and one. When he has 20 or more rushes, they're three and one. They win football games when he gets the football. He knows how to break tackles. He was uh, two years ago in college at Iowa State. He was next to Devin Singletary. Where those two were like the primo guys at breaking tackles. D- and he it? had 47 broken tackles just last year, which I believe was eighth most in the NFL. Oh, so didn't he have over a hundred? Like, yeah. m- like he had the only two tackles? years that Pro Football Focus had graded missed tackles. He had the only two 100 or more broken tackle seasons at Iowa State. Unbelievable. He was also, he was also 75 evaded tackles last year. He was tied with Miles Sanders. So, and Saquon Barkley only had 68. So these guys that you think of more shifty. He's doing those same things. Yeah. It's all about volume. It just boils down to volume. It's all about that volume. They didn't do anything to replace David Montgomery. They, in fact, they gave him the the pat on the back and said, you're going to be the starter. And so it was very disappointing. But guys that touch the ball 240 times on the ground and have chops in the passing game, they, they, they don't just fall out of the tree. Like they're, they're very few and far in between to find them. I believe that David Montgomery will be better. In, in, the, the work in the 10 zone, 23 carries inside of the 10, that's one fewer carry inside the 10 than Derrick Henry. Like That's two fewer carries than Mark Ingram inside, inside the 10. These are very valuable carries. He's going to get them. But, yeah, but, but he got it's him last year. <laughs> he got him last year too, and it was really, really bad. So it, I... I'm not sure Nick Foles is that much of an upgrade over Mitch Trubisky. No, he is not. I, I, I think he. I think he is. At the but, worst case, but what margin? Pressure on Trubisky. There's zero right. room for error now. So Trubisky well, he's very motivated, as as you know. He he. Oh said, yeah, that 450 million dollars that Mahomes just got. <laughs> no, I'm saying he was he was motivated when Nick Foles was traded to the team. There you go. That too. Yeah, I, think, that. I look at, you know, when you're drafting somebody as like a late RB2, RB3 that can give me 260 touches, 
I want that type of value all day, every day. And that's why I think the upside is there because strictly from the volume perspective. And that's exactly why he's my trust fall is because he's going to touch the ball more than anybody on the team. (laughs) Josh, you, you bring that up. He's like you said, he's a borderline RB two right now. He's currently RB 25. So we're going on 12 team leagues. He's a borderline RB two. So we're going to play my favorite game before we get to a question here. That uh, is a fantastic question from Keith over on Facebook. So, uh, Hitman, we do something here called Would You Rather. The classic Would You Rather. Mm. I mm. Please explain. Do... How, would, how would this game yes. work? How yes, how does it work? The, the childish game of Would You Rather. Okay, so Montgomery's currently RB25. We are going to do Would You Rather for your RB2. I'm going to go three spots higher of players getting drafted, three spots higher than David Montgomery, and players getting drafted three spots lower than David Montgomery. Remember, you are drafting them as your RB2. So right. would you feel comfortable with David Montgomery or player X as your RB2? So we will start here with Montgomery at RB25. We go to Jonathan Taylor at RB22. So we'll start with Josh. Josh, would you rather Jonathan Taylor or David Montgomery as your RB2? Oh, I love Jonathan Taylor. I really do. But just that crowded backfield, I know that the upside is is there, but I want the guaranteed touches with Montgomery. Ryan. Montgomery for now, but I'm starting to really turn towards Taylor. Aaron Larson just put out an article on him again today, and I just yeah, keep getting more and more excited. <laughs> so. Hitman, it's Montgomery for me, but it's like it, the rookie fever. Re- remember what happened with Montgomery? Remember who took the first snap for the Chicago Bears? Mike, it, Mike Davis. Mike Davis. <laughs> so oh, I think like Jonathan Taylor. It's just when does he get the job? Yeah, like four games in eight. 10 because if it's in four then give me shot to taylor but i can't guarantee that and i know that montgomery has his job um, i'm gonna preach this again like i'm john helmkamp i am riding jonathan taylor <laughs> till the day he retires oh baby i love he him. is awesome oh i absolutely I, I love john and i love other john um take that whatever which way you will whoever you want other john to be but no i drafted jt as um second overall in my dynasty league i am very excited for this guy even in would you have taken him first yes oh my goodness yes i was so thankful because josh actually had the first pick in our league and i asked him who are you going to take edwards hilaire or jonathan taylor and he had said i'm probably leaning jt and i was like crap i don't want ceh so i'll either trade out or take him there Wait, just you don't even want him his pass blocking really really worries me he doesn't uh, have to pass block <laughs> we don't get points for pass blocking joe no, listen, we're gonna ask listen, him to do it listen listen i think i could have gotten I, again i didn't shop because here's what happened josh traded out of the number one pick he got some picks in joe mixon no, for the I got number one Joe overall. Mixon straight up. For oh, you just got Joe Mixon straight up. Yeah. Okay, oh, so we got Joe Mixon straight up. Hmm. So we basically traded Joe Mixon for Jonathan Taylor because that's who he would have picked. And I was so happy that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire went one because I wanted Jonathan Taylor so bad just because I liked his rushing upside way more. And I, like I just those I, two down guys, huh? Uh, no, because JT can catch. He comes from Wisconsin. I know. I'm, I know he can. <laughs> yeah, he's great. I love Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I had the first pick in our rookie draft this year in the in the footballers dynasty league and i mean i was as soon as uh, round one was over it was like my heart was exploding because i actually had a 
pick. You know, like it, it wasn't trending that way. Of it was going to be okay. Which of the wide receivers am I going to take with this first pick? Like this sucks. I don't want to be the first pick right now. And then Alaire just tugged on my heartstrings. I was very happy. Jonathan Taylor, though, I I I at least considered it. I think Jonathan Taylor is an absolute monster. But at at the end, it was like okay, give me the. I'll take the Patrick Mahomes offense uh, over whoever is playing quarterback for them next year. (laughs) That's fair. I just, I think their offensive line is so, so good. And before we move on to our next, would you rather uh, dominate FF is asking, uh, Hey Mike, is that a Christmas tree on the other side of your keyboard? You're darn right. It is. (laughs) (laughs) It's Christmas in July. (laughs) They are. They're very happy about the tree. Apparently there he is showing it. There we go. It's got cardinals on it. My my wife and my daughter made this for me many years ago. That's awesome. So judge me fan? now, people. Yeah, Nate. <laughs> hey, Nate, I have you can't see them, but I have Christmas lights hanging up in the back. I am I am Christmas all year round. I love yes. it. Yes. Uh that's fantastic. All right. So moving on. I know we have uh Lauren, Faith, and uh Nate wanted to see the tree like very badly. So I had to get that in <laughs> you before got we were it. done. All right. Uh Two guys that we actually just mentioned in the same sentence a while ago: Devin Singletary or David Montgomery for your RB two, Josh. Oh man, I would take Montgomery. I, I I don't trust Singletary much at all this year. In all honesty, okay. Ryan posted this on Twitter the other day. The Bills running backs have nine total touchdowns in the last two years, so I'm going to go ahead and take Montgomery there. <laughs> mm. Okay, uh, Hitman. I have Singletary ranked three spots higher than David Montgomery right now. Uh, I'm not scared of Zach Moss. The the I get it. Like I, I understand some people liked him. I didn't like his tape in particular. And if they want to give him the Frank Gore role, that's a very confusing statement because the Frank Gore role when Devin Singletary was healthy was touching the ball very minimally. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was <laughs> it was the goal line which Frank Gore was very, very bad at last yeah, year. Yeah, he was not good. Though. I mean, uh, he's 37. <laughs> Look, <laughs> I love no, <laughs> this, yeah, the, no, you will never hear an anti-Frank Gore <laughs> take. Like, the, the dude's a legend. I love Frank Gore. I love Frank Gore. He should probably stop playing football, though. But, no, uh, <laughs> keep him going. I can't wait till he makes the AFC East uh, round trip and ends up in New England first. I just want to see him year. trot out with, like, the Santa Claus beard and <laughs> just bring it. Like, that's what I want to see. Give me the gray Ryan Fitzpatrick beard on Frank Gore. How much more menacing could could that man look? Oh, he would be Frank awesome Gore. with that beard. Uh, I love Frank Gore. All right, so there's a lot of young guys in this conversation here. Uh, so at 24, RB24, they're going basically back-to-back. DeAndre Swift or David Montgomery as your RB2? Mm. Josh. I'll take Montgomery. I, I love Swift, but I don't trust Detroit. That situation is where running backs go to die. Okay, Ryan. Yeah, Monty for me. Hitman? Uh, Montgomery, apparently. We got some meowing yes, going on back there. Back. Yeah. <laughs> didn't, didn't know if the mic was picking it up. Uh, don't know if she's hungry. Don't know what she wants. Uh, if she jumps up here during the podcast, she will be featured on the camera. No one um, knows what cats want. Exactly. Yeah, I know. I don't, half the time, cats don't even know what they want. You're, you're telling me. My goodness. Uh, uh, but yeah, Montgomery. I'll- yeah. I, uh, I also go Montgomery there. I'm excited for what DeAndre Swift can do, but Josh, like you said, Detroit is where running backs go to die. Plus, I will never let go of my love for Carryon Johnson. Oh and, gosh, you're yes. one too. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> I, I like Carryon Johnson. The, the funniest part about Carryon Johnson is, uh, 
I had I watched his tape, his rookie tape for this a couple years ago before Jason did, and I was like, Jay, have you watched Carry On yet? He said, No. I'm like, Okay, I don't want to infect you. I didn't give him any of my any of my takes, but because because everything I had read, you know, from like Dynasty Dynasty friends that I respect, everyone was very meh about carry on johnson and i watched i was like holy crap this dude's so freaking good like what am i how am i seeing something that no one else is seeing and then jason came back and you know how that went like his his love for carry on surpassed even mine so it was we were both on that wagon jason just was far more vocal about it yeah i think carry on's gonna have a better year this year (laughs) he did so much better in college with a tandem backfield so now they bring in someone like swift i think that'll actually help him I agree on that sentiment, and I'll also pick David Montgomery. I forget if I gave my pick, but I will pick David Montgomery. All right, so now we go to guys being drafted after David Montgomery. So RB26, Raheem Mostert, the aforementioned, or David Montgomery as your RB2, Josh? Montgomery, because I know he's going to touch the ball more than Mostert. Okay, Ryan? Montgomery. Hey, man? Mostert by a spot. Ooh, I got okay. him one. I got him. I got him uh, ranked one spot higher than Montgomery, and I, I get the volume argument. I usually love to lay down at night and and rest my head on the pillow of volume, but Shanahan running backs and, and so most is the best yeah. one. But that's on the, the problem. You don't know who it's going to be week to week half the time. But that's why most are so hard for me to trust. What one? The, the, to me, it's more about. Do they just not buy into the breakout? Because the second half of the year, it was. Oh, he was fantastic. It was Montgomery, and he, I mean, he was coming back. They had just brought in Tevin Coleman as as the guy, and which I don't blame Shanahan. Like Shanahan coached Tevin Coleman and, and said, and probably thought for a long time, "Oh, this is going to be great. Once I get Tevin over here, he's going to be amazing." But then Mostert was better, so I believe that Mostert will still be on the team, and he will be the leader of the of the timeshare. Love that. I'm also going to lean Moster just because I absolutely love the guy. Uh, I think he's a lightning bolt in the backfield. Uh, he runs downhill, which is something that I love and that I feel you rarely see in the NFL anymore unless it's Derrick Henry. Uh, he just he, he doesn't give a crap. He's going to punch you right in the mouth with the football, and that's what I love. Um, all right, David Montgomery or... Rookie Cam Akers out of Florida State. Josh, for your RB2 in 2020. Josh. I actually have Akers one spot higher in my ranking, so I'm going to lean Akers. I think that, again, this is the same situation as what we were talking with um, the Bears and drafting Komet. Like, they got rid of Gurley. What did they do? Their first pick? They need offensive line help. No, they draft a running back. He's going to be the guy there. So it's crowded. It's cloudy. But give me Akers. Ryan. I'm not going to even attempt to figure that Rams backfield out. <laughs> David Montgomery. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Ben. I, I would Montgomery. I mean, I'm rising on acres. I've, he's just a couple spots now behind Montgomery for me, but it's the, the mystery box of the Rams. Cause I can make the same argument of from two years ago, the Rams needed help in a lot of different places. They had Todd Gurley at the time and they still drafted Daryl Henderson in the yeah, third round. Like, yep. This this team just they're a little willy nilly with their uh, their draft picks. I mean, like like and they Sean don't McVay's, have any. That's the problem. Right. Yeah, they never have them. And but like, look, go back to Sean McVay's first draft pick. They had a second rounder. They needed a whole bunch of things. He's like, no, I'm taking Gerald Everett. 
Yep. <laughs> and we still haven't really seen it from Everett. Well, and then uh, it goes back to where they fought Detroit to keep Malcolm Brown. They could have gotten right. a draft pick. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. Uh, that's uh, No, you're right. I'm going to also lean Montgomery there just because I feel he's just – I feel like you kind of know a little more what you're going to get from Montgomery than you know what you're going to get from Cam Akers. I think there's higher touchdown upside with Akers than with Montgomery. Yes. I will agree with that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so a couple of things here before we move on to the Los Angeles Rams, uh, Cam Akers' new NFL team. Keys Ball from Facebook asked, does Riley Ridley become relevant this year? And I feel this is a very interesting question. And I'll, I'll start with uh, Ryan. You haven't let us off on anything, so I'll start with Ryan on this one. Does, does he become relevant this year? I don't see how anyone in that offense is going to become relevant <laughs> much. Um, obviously, Allen Robinson's the big dog there. We want to see an Anthony Miller breakout. They brought in Ted Ginn, who I think is going to slide right into the role that uh, – Taylor Gabriel left out. I don't see room for Ridley to do anything relevant at all. So, uh, yeah, we'll I'm go to right. Josh. Yeah. Okay. Go yeah, to Josh. I, I, the, it, I think it, people are, are talking about Riley Ridley because his brother is Calvin Ridley at this point. Like, I, there's, I didn't see a ton that really blew me away in college. And then he, you know, ends up on the Bears, which, sure, they could probably use some depth there. But you don't bring in Ted Ginn if you believe Riley Ridley can be something. Just my thoughts. That's fair. Hitman? Yeah, fourth-round wide receiver on a bad team. It's just the, the odds are very against him. So in short, no, don't draft no. him. In short. Sorry, very correct. <laughs> it's all good. All right, on to the Los Angeles Rams moving into the brand-new SoFi Stadium sharing their marriage with the Los Angeles Chargers, who will not be able to fill uh, one luxury box in that stadium. Great so, news. They don't have to. We don't have to. Been, <laughs> this has. is a dream scenario for them this year. <laughs> Literally. They move into a brand new stadium and don't have to sell tickets. Imagine, they get good this year and gain fans. That Oh, that's perfect. All right. So the upside here, uh, Josh and Ryan on the agreement train once more. Josh Reynolds, uh, the technical third receiver on the depth chart right now. Downside, Josh. Uh, he's you, free. I mean, where's <laughs> it's, it's all upside at this point. Yeah. Uh, downside, Josh, you have Tyler Higby. Ryan, you have all of the running backs. Not one specifically. <laughs> just all of them. Nice. Uh, Trustfall. Everyone's favorite nickname in the NFL, Bobby Trees. Bobby Trees. Robert Woods. Rookie to watch, Cam Akers. My sleeper, I have Van Jefferson. Uh, talk about a guy that's going to compete with Josh Reynolds for that wide receiver three spot in the offense. I feel, um, at least in our dynasty league, I, I felt like, you know, when at the beginning, like, in, I don't know what it is now, but like in early May, mid-May, we were doing our dynasty drafts and more people were doing their rookie drafts. Van Jefferson was wildly underrated. Like, he was going in the fourth round. And... I feel that he should be going a little higher. I didn't know too much about him at the time, but I think Van Jefferson, I mean, if we're looking at it, Ryan said his downside is all the running backs. Uh, I don't like Gerald Everett. Tyler Higby's being taken, I believe, where he should be being taken, but we'll get to that in a sec. Uh, so that kind of narrows it down to Van Jefferson. That's really all I had to choose from. Uh, but I do like his upside this year. And then Aaron Donald for the IDP. Oh, the... The best player in the league. I don't know if you really need to go into much explanation on both, that one, Jeff. Both, both sides of the football. Oh, my God. 
Ah, uh, love Aaron Donald. Yeah, I don't, but I just need to say he's the best player in the NFL, both sides of the football. No doubt. Um, okay. So I see we're getting a lot of uh, Robert Woods love in mm. the chat here. Yes. Uh, an absolutely incredible amount of Bobby Tree's love. And something from Chris Mo, Chris Molina. The, this is a question that before we get into Tyler Higby, I, I do want to do want to bring up. What are the chances that Robert Woods mm. finishes as a top five wide receiver? That to me, I feel like I don't know if it's realistic, but I definitely feel he can vie for a top ten finish and get really, really close to top five. I'll start with Hitman on this one. How do you feel about Bobby Trees finishing in the top five? As the top five, I would put it at less than one percent. Like he just he his his uh career high in a season for touchdowns is six two years ago. Like it just for some guys it happens. For some guys touchdowns don't happen. I love Robert Woods. I mean, I would I would put his top ten upside as as very practically, you know, like thirty percent. I, I he's he's him and DJ Chark are the biggest values to me in drafts that are happening right now. Like I, I am Robert Woods over Cooper Cup. I, yes. I'm, a, I'm afraid of Cooper Cup and what could possibly happen. You should have zero concerns with Robert Woods, though. He, at the beginning of the year, when they played in one offense, still great. When the offense switches and they go to the twelve personnel, guess guess who's still great? Robert Woods. He just doesn't score touchdowns. He's a PPR machine. Yardage is great. So, but top five is just. It would it would have to be a massive massive touchdown outlier year for Robert Woods. I, I see in the chat that Lauren is screaming twelve yeah. personnel. If, like, if anyone needs any breakdown of what's going to happen with the Rams this year, Lauren put out an amazing article. Um, I think she just titled it Robert Woods or Cooper Cup, um, where she breaks down what they did in eleven personnel versus twelve personnel. I used it for all of my research for this podcast. So she killed it. It's literally going to make or break who is going to blow up for yes. the Rams this year. So good friend of the show, stepmom Lauren along. She's actually with... going to be hosting some of our shows. Yes. <laughs> yes. Along with faith, who is also All right. in the chat here All as right. well on the, in the month of August, focusing on the women in fantasy football, have an awesome lineup for you guys. Stay tuned to our socials at club fantasy FFL, but the big name that I feel is getting a lot of controversy, and uh, Josh, it seems that you agree with this, and uh, I'm sure Ryan and Mike do as well, Tyler Higby. So he's currently going, if you're according to Fantasy Pros, wow, he has shot up. Oh, my God. Yeah, I he's didn't like realize how, seven now. Yeah, didn't realize he's going that high. I take back my previous statement of he's <laughs> being drafted where he should be. No, he's not. Um, so he's currently going mid eighth round, according to his overall, he's tight end seven, as Josh just mentioned. That to me is very high. Josh, you clearly agree. And I would like you to explain further. Um, as would I, (laughs) (laughs) well, I remember listening to an episode of, it was a couple weeks ago, I believe when you guys were talking about tight ends in like that six to 10 range, which was like a dead zone that mm-hmm. most of those guys that are drafted there don't actually finish there. Yeah. And now we're looking at somebody that's being drafted there. And when you look at what Tyler Higby not only has done leading up to last year, but then really only the last five weeks of the season, we do this as fantasy pundits, analysts, whatever you want to call us, every single year. 
we start taking these small sample sizes. Oh, if he did this over a full 12 or 16 weeks, what yeah, he's going to be this much, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. And it just gets so overblown. Tyler Higby has done nothing. And he's been in the league now for four years. His career high wasn't even 300 yards receiving. And then like doubled it in the last five weeks of the year. So, yes, I understand that the Rams have they started using more 12 personnel towards the end of the year. That is correct. That had to do more so for me because of Gerald Everett's injury. The offensive line was bad. But when you look at the amount of times that Jared Goff was under pressure at the start of the year versus the end of the year, there's not much difference. He had 2.58 seconds to get off a pass from uh, the first 10 weeks of the year. He had 2.62 seconds to throw the football the last five weeks of the season. So it wasn't a great improvement. Tyler Higby for me is just like, all right, he shot up because he was on the field. When Everett was out from weeks 13 to 15, they brought in Johnny Munt to play that sort of second tight end role. He is a blocking tight end. That was going to be the guy that was going to be on the line where Higby typically is, where Everett's running the routes. Everett is typically over 50 some odd uh, targets every season. That's what Higby was getting. Now you're going into the season, Everett is healthy. They also drafted Bryson Hopkins, who's very similar in skill set to Gerald Everett. So that tells me that they really aren't going to have much of a problem shifting Higby back into the role that he was. Sure, he shined and exploded. He was a tight end one the last five, six weeks of the season. But I just, for me, I just don't see it when you're looking at the spike in the snap counts with all the other variables. Cooper Cup works best out of the slot. You move him outside, he's not nearly as effective. So I think this base offense is 11 personnel. It was 89% that they ran 11 personnel in 2018 when they went to the Super Bowl. They've been over 73% each of the last three years. This is the base foundation they want to run. And if that's the case, Higby's not going to be able to do what he did over the last five weeks. And I think tight end seven is just way too high of a price. All right. You done? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 look, it's, it's very fair. That's, it, the Rams, it's all about what do you believe? Did the offense shift for just a, a patchwork to finish the season? Or did they see the success of that? And do they move forward with that? The thing about the 11 personnel is they had Brandon Cooks. They traded the world to get Brandon Cooks. Who's their third wide receiver now? Josh Reynolds. Like, yeah. Come on. Is it Van Jefferson? They don't have the personnel for that anymore. They have the personnel to go to the 12, uh, to go to 12. And Tyler Higby is, yeah, maybe they want to move him around, but the dude's also sitting on a brand new four-year, $30 million contract. He's important to the team. Josh, how many hundred yard games or hundred yards, hundred yard games does Gerald Everett have? Oh, uh, he had one last year. I know that for that's a fact. the only one he's ever yeah. had. And I know Higby. <laughs> Tyler Higby rattled off four in a row. Yeah, I, oh, I get it. I get it. And look at okay. Let's not even look at Tyler Higby. Let's let's look at their quarterback, the the face of the franchise, Jared Goff, or as on the footballers would call him, Jared Garf. Before Higby <laughs> broke out. He was averaging 23 completions for 272 yards and one touchdown. That's what he was averaging. 
That shot all the way up to 29 for 330 yards and over two touchdowns a game. I don't understand why people are so quick to write off something that worked with tremendous effect. Their offense got way, way better when they went to this. And yet it was it was a, a product of opportunity for Tyler Higby. But he came through. Like Lots of guys have received opportunity, and they just take a crap all over the field. And Tyler Higby was incredible. So the reason why tight end seven is okay with me, because at that point, you know, tight ends, it's going to, they're they're most going to miss. Most of those guys are going to miss. And let, but if Higby hits, then he's in the top three. Like if he hits, he's he's he skyrockets. But if he misses, I don't think you did. I don't think you set too much draft capital on yeah. fire. And his the probability of of Tyler Higby truly having a full season of breakout to me is just it's such a higher probability. Then those, then a couple guys going in front of him, a couple guys going behind him. So I'm willing to take the shot uh, on on Higby for that tight end seven price. Can I just I was, point out that two of those games that they that he had those big games were against Arizona, who were so sure. so bad against the tight end. I mean, that's like saying that you know Hawkinson had a great year when he only had that one big game against Arizona, and so much of his stats were inflated as a result of that. Yeah, I, w- I won't argue. They were the worst. <laughs> oh, by but far. Isaiah Simmons th- will fix that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. About, yes. I think the big thing about Higby, though, is he was the tight end one to end the year only scoring three touchdowns. Um, with Gurley, you're losing 14 touchdowns. With Brandon Cooks, it's another two gone. That's 16 touchdowns they scored last year. We don't know that these new guys are going to be able to come in. Um, Malcolm Brown scored five touchdowns, but he did it in three games it's not going to take a lot for him to be a top 10 tight end. And if those touchdowns start funneling his way, like Mike said, he could creep into the top five easily just by scoring. So I just feel like it's a lot of ifs. It's if this, if that, if this, if that's that. all and, tight ends are though. Yeah. Well, and that's fine. And, and let's play you know, the game. That's why, like, start I the game, Joe. Rather, would you when, when it comes to tight ends? Like <laughs> I would like, much I rather you. pay up for the big guy or just absolutely punt because just like you guys talked about on that podcast a couple weeks ago, that dead zone in that six to ten range, it will kill you on draft. Yes. Can 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 we just can we just acknowledge that Mike asked for the would you rather and that was that's the best thing? It, it, it settles all debates. It settles every yes. debate. Um so you talk about a would you rather. Well, Mike yes. Lauren has one for you. Tyler Higby. So this, or is Blake this is just Jarwin. This is just this is a this is a mean thing to do. And uh Both honestly, guys got paid. Yes. And the honest truth is I would take I would take Blake Jarwin because I have an irrational amount of confidence that Blake Jarwin <laughs> is gonna break out. But like like Josh is saying, I can wait till the end of a draft and take my shot on Blake Jarwin. I do have Higby ranked higher though. But not by much. Only two spots. I love Blake Jarwin. I feel like I feel like your irrational hope for Blake Jarwin is like my irrational hope for Alan Lazard. I am oh, so oh, high. Oh yes, the Lazard King. I'm in on oh, that. Let's I go. I am so high on him this year. Oh, so high on him this year. Okay. Uh and Josh, something that you talked about the offensive line for the Rams. I do want to point out they didn't improve the offensive line. At all. 
It is the same offensive line. They drafted Tremaine Ankrum in the seventh round and got an undrafted free agent, Cole Cabral, at center. Yes. They currently have a they 30... re-signed a 38-year-old Andrew left Andrew tackle <laughs> to a two-year deal. Two-year deal for a 38-year-old left tackle. Now, granted, Andrew Whitworth in his heyday was arguably the best left tackle in the league. Mm-hmm. He is currently probably a bottom five left tackle in the league. Like he, is... I don't know about that far now. Uh, Josh, I mean, the guy can't move. He can't. He can't move. He's 38 years old. He has blocked 300-pound men for the last 15 years of his life. Do you know how bad his knees are? Oh, I'm sure they're shot. <laughs> like, you, uh, that, that's, something, <laughs> that's something I wish the Rams would have addressed, but it's something I think that plays to Higby's. Um, say that's a, that's but, an argument for Tyler Higby. Yeah, exactly. It's an argument for him because normally tight ends live in the short game, and if Goff doesn't have enough time for Cooper Cup and Woods to get open – let me just throw to my giant tight end who can probably just reach out and catch the football. So, All right, I'll know, just end it with this. I would much rather be wrong about Higby than waste the draft pick. Sure. How about sure. that? We'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's how you have to play fantasy football. You just, yeah, no, I'm making true. the choice. I'm willing to be wrong. So I, I don't care if the show goes a little longer. I want to go back to our Bobby Trees. Um, Mike our, might care. Come on, no, Joe. No, Mike might care. I no, we're going for two hours here, Josh. Calm down. I'm very important. I have very important things to do. <laughs> so I want to go back to the Robert Woods thing because, Mike, you had said, and I believe most of us here on the show agree, that you would rather have Robert Woods over Cooper Cup. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing is Cup's currently going at wide receiver 15. Robert Woods is going at wide receiver 20. And we talked about the potential of uh, Robert Woods finishing as a top five receiver. It's more likely he finishes as a top 10. More likely mm-hmm. he finishes as a wide receiver one. So what I want to ask and go back to Mike's favorite game now, apparently, is the would you rather. Because I think there are some interesting guys that you look at that are going 9, 10, 11, and 12 to where I would say I might argue I want Robert Woods as my wide receiver one over them. So here's my question. DJ Moore or Robert Woods as your oof, wide receiver oof. one? Josh. Take, take it easy. Take it easy over there. <laughs> oh, give me a Robert Woods. Uh, I, I've already been on record that I, I think the DJ Moore hype and redraft is getting out of control. I love him, and I will buy him up in Dynasty. I have him on, I think, three Dynasty teams, but – I'm not as big a fan of him in redraft this year, so give me Robert Woods. I do want to mention there is a two and a half round difference between DJ yeah. Moore and Robert Woods currently. So Ryan, well, there's that too. So yeah, Woods, Woods. Okay, uh, Mike. My guess cool. is you're going DJ Moore. Yes, I'm going DJ Moore. <laughs> People, DJ Moore in like in 14 games. Yes, he played in 15 games, but he was knocked out immediately. So 14 games with Kyle Allen. As his quarterback. You mean the elite Houston uh, quarterback? <laughs> sure, sure. Almost 1,200 yards and only four touchdowns. Teddy Bridgewater is so much better than the quarterback play that he had last year. Like, I don't think he's that much listen, better. Listen, I, I don't know. Kyle, oh, Kyle wow. Allen's pretty elite. <laughs> yeah, come on. It's, someone got a contract with that involved a, a truckload of money. And someone well, out, is well, now the backup. He was fucking up with the Saints. I mean, that happens, you know? Hey, yeah. You're, you're going to pay I the know. man off of that. Like, you know, <laughs> then you add in Robbie Anderson with this. It just, I I don't think there's going to be enough targets to go around. That's just my personal opinion. 
So uh, my last one that I want to bring up, I won't even bring up Juju because I know uh, Mike Juju's so tough, man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we all agree here on on that Juju sentiment. The one that I think is interesting, Odell Beckham. He's currently going wide receiver twelve. Would you rather Odell Beckham or Robert Woods as your wide receiver one? Josh mm. Woods. Ryan Woods. Hitman. It's it's Robert Woods, but this is an interesting question because. Like I said, I I give Woods essentially no shot to be a top five wide receiver. But then, okay, what's the percentage chance that Odo Beckham is a top five wide receiver? It's it has to be high. Like if you're saying it's lower, it. if, if you're if if you're saying it's a lower percentage chance that Beckham is a top five than Robert Woods, you are you are lying to yourself. Yeah. You haven't watched elite yeah. Odo Beckham, who was playing with, like he was playing hurt. I know it sounds like just an excuse but he had an injury in this part of his body which yeah. <laughs> to me is pretty important for a wide receiver to have that be healthy yeah i look i'm i'm hesitant on odell beckham just like everybody else but the chance he's actually top five is much greater Far than better. robert woods yeah so yeah i i i don't know if i trust the browns offense just yet I think you should uh, listen. Uh, we fell for that last year, Mike. Listen, Kevin, <laughs> look, here's, listen, is here's the difference. The, here's ahead. the difference. They traded their best offensive lineman to get Odell Beckham last year. They screwed it up. They blew yeah. up the offensive line and they let, they let passion take over and signed a coach who should not have been a head coach in Freddie the Kittens. NFL. He, Yes, uh, but now they everything they've done this offseason is the offensive line. Baker Mayfield needs an offensive line. He was yeah. he was was like leaps and bounds better as a rookie because he had protection uh, and so that and a better offensive system. So I'm I'm still I'm back in with with Baker and the Browns. That's fair. No, that's completely fair. I just don't know if I want Kevin Stefanski leading men. That just to me. I know he comes from Mike Zimmer, but Kevin Stefanski doesn't. He strikes me more of a Freddie Kitchens, let me just be quiet kind of leader and less of a Mike Zimmer. Like, I don't know how old Mike Zimmer is, but I'm afraid of Mike Zimmer. Like, I feel like he's. Yes. That's, he would, okay, that's fair. He just I don't know Stefanski. I don't think I, I've I, even I, seen like interviews with him. I, I haven't. Like, uh, Stefanski that's on is us. a. It's a complete unknown. Like, we don't know. So, I mean, if Stefanski comes out, we know his offense is good. Like, we know his offense that he runs yeah, it's is very good. very ball control. Yes. So I'm in on the running backs more so than the wide receivers with Cleveland. Agreed. Agreed. All right. So, now we start with Josh's beloved Philadelphia Eagles. Josh, your upside to no, nobody shock Miles Sanders. Ryan, we'll skip that guy. Yeah. Downside. <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> oh, it is. Uh, if you know what, if you haven't seen, if you haven't seen his Instagram recently, why don't you go check it out? Um, or his uh, Twitter. I'm, yeah. Look, and this, is, this is. I'm not. I'm not yeah. defending him at all. But uh, the man has apologized multiple times. Yes. Now he made a really stupid, stupid mistake. Yes, he did. Stupid. The oh, uh, goodness gracious. Listen, it, everyone makes stupid mistakes. It's owning up to it and apologizing for it. And I, yes. I think he hopped on that very quick. So yeah. uh, props to Deshaun Jackson for doing that. Yeah. Um, so at least there's that. So Ryan's upside is Deshaun Jackson. 
Downside, Josh, you have Dallas Goddard. Ryan, you have Jalen Rager. Ooh, Josh, that must hurt. It does. Trustfall. Very much so. Uh, Josh, you have Zach Ertz. Ryan, you have Miles Sanders. Both of you have Jalen Rager as your rookie to watch. My sleeper is D-Jax. Uh, I wanted to go with Boston Scott. My heart really wanted to put Boston Scott here. But I wasn't. I wasn't going to do that. <laughs> and then IDP, don't draft anybody on the Eagles. They're all terrible. They're not good for fantasy football. <laughs> I just love Darius Slay, so I highlighted Darius Slay. One of the go. biggest Darius Slay fans here. Absolutely love him. Okay. So we move back to, I mean, you talk about a guy that I feel everybody is excited for. Everyone seems to be hopping on the Miles Sanders train. And we will start with our resident Eagles fan, Josh. If someone isn't on the Miles Sanders train, please explain to them and to me why they should be. So just from weeks one through 16 in PPR, he handled 39% of the team's rushes and finished as RB 13. That to me tells the whole story because now you're talking about going into a season where they didn't add a veteran running back. We saw Boston Scott do well towards the end of the year, filling in, spelling him in the receiving game. But Miles Sanders, and I love this tweet from Ian Harditz, the top four Doug Peterson single game running back snap rates for the four years that Peterson has run the Eagles. Week 13 of 2019, Sanders had 87% of the snaps. 2019 week 11, 85%. 2019 week 12, 85%. 2019 week 16 all of these were sanders what does that tell you everybody wants to that like everybody bang the was drums of <laughs> everybody well, was hurt. It, sure it was everybody was hurt i get that but everybody's banging the drum for peterson only runs a running back by committee look at who his top running backs were 2016 ryan matthews didn't get through all 16 games look you better pump your brakes on any ryan matthews yeah, disparaging comments <laughs> I love Ryan Matthews. <laughs> but he's always hurt. That's like I love him as a runner. He's very aggressive. <laughs> he was fun to watch, but he was always hurt. Yes, but he was. LeGarrette Blunt in 2017. They didn't believe in Blunt. him as, enough, so they traded for Jay Ajayi. 2018, Ajayi gets hurt. They have to rely on a true running back by committee with Smallwood and Clement and Josh Adams, who led the team in rushing. And then last year, Sanders led the team with 179. Howard only played the 10 games and had 119 rushes. Now you're going into the season. Sanders is the guy. He was one of only five running backs last year to have more than 10 yards per reception. That, to me, tells you how dynamic he is as a player. Even if he only gets 52% of the rushes. Every year that Sanders, or excuse me, every year that Peterson has run the Eagles, they have only not rushed for 400 uh, attempts once, and they hit 398. They're going to run the football 400 times. Even if he only gets 208 rushes, which is what I have him pegged at, I still have him as a top 10 running back, and I'll take that value all day. It's crazy because I think Jalen Hurts might get 100 of those rushes with Carson Wentz being injured like 10 games throughout the year. Mm. So, no. I'll I'll jump in. Go ahead, Mike. I'll jump in because – Two on your uh, your stat about the ten yards per reception, and that's that drops down to three players if you're talking about running backs that had more than forty targets. So he actually had volume. Uh, it was it was Sanders, Eckler, and David Johnson. Now, I like that stat a lot. 
But I also used that stat two years ago against Tariq Cohen because that's what he did. He had more than 10 yards of reception, and everyone fell head over heels in love with what Tariq Cohen had did. And I was like, people, you got you to pump the brakes on that. You're like, running backs just don't average over 10 yards. They, he had some oh, huge No, plays. I don't think he's going to do that again. I mean, towards the end of the year, he was their deep threat because they didn't have any wide receivers. And and I'll say this. I'm on I'm on the, the wagon. Like, I'm, I want Miles Sanders on my team. I have him at RB11, so just outside of my top 10. But to, to play the devil's advocate, it was his job at the beginning of the year. Miles Sanders was the go-to running back. Jordan Howard took the job from him because Sanders was not good. Go look at the game log at the beginning of the year. Oh, no, year. it is true. Yeah, he Sanders, could not hit the hole in the middle. His vision was very skeptical. He was bad. And then Jordan Howard was great. So yeah. it's – it. He, look, we could be very wrong. That, that's all I'm saying. We could be very wrong about Miles Sanders. The good news is at least when, when he came back and Jordan Howard was hurt, Miles Sanders – showed us what he could be which is is great for for an nfl team so at least it wasn't like montgomery where it was just yeah he's getting the ball but he, he stinks he's, he's not doing anything miles sanders showed that he was great but of of those of that tier of the top 12 guys he's the one i'm the most nervous about that's fair i mean a second year guy you you should be nervous considering a, some of what he showed last year was very and they subpar. wanted carlos hyde the team wanted high. Yeah. They when I don't soon, know why. <laughs> uh, maybe because Doug Peterson likes the running back by committee. <laughs> <laughs> I just think he wanted some veterans there. I mean, he's, so, he's dealing with a lot of young guys. A couple of things, though, that I wanted to throw out because everyone says, you know, he didn't get good until Howard was hurt. Well, Howard's gone, so it, it yes. doesn't matter anymore. But then also there's this whole thing about he got all his work after Howard left. He only had 49% of the Eagles' total carries in the games where Howard didn't play. So it was already a committee, and he already did what he did. He was the running back seven for the last six weeks of the year. Um, 63 targets last year. I don't see the wide receivers improving much again this year to where I think the targets are still going to be there for him. And even if he's only seeing, like you said, 52%, he doesn't even need that to be a top 10 running back. I don't know where to go from here. This is all very, this is all very good. I really there's no like there's no easy segue for me here. So I'm gonna go. I was to this. waiting for Mike to be like, "Why don't you like Dallas Goddard this year?" Because I saw uh, your reaction when you announced it. Well, it was just I I have him at tight end 15. Like I totally get yeah. it. My I think my face exactly was actually right. more for your trust fall is Zach Ertz, who like, he's the you, only one that ever gets the targets. But he's he only, the only one healthy. Yes, he's the one who gets the targets when everyone else disappears. If everyone is there, if Rager steps up, if Deshaun Jackson is still on the team, and, and Alshon Jeffrey, I'll get, I, I won't get it to Alshon <laughs> Jeffrey because he, he's not going to be there. But like, you have to take uh, the. I got to find my ADP again here because we were complaining about where Tyler Higby is going. Zach Ertz, tight end tight four, four. Uh, pick overall fifty one according to Fantasy Pro's best ball average. And Tyler Higby is pick 82. Like, the, the, if you want to talk about probability of Tyler Higby versus Zach Ertz, yes, it lies with Ertz, but not like upside. That, that, that top three upside for Zach Ertz, I think that's gone. That's very fair. I, I have more confidence in the Eagles receivers to stay healthy this year. 
I, I'm going to bite that I by don't. week six. I'm going to bite that by week <laughs> <Yep>. six. <laughs> they, well, listen, they currently have 14 wide receivers on the roster. Wow. 14 wide receivers. And they drafted, um, three. And they drafted three. They drafted yeah. three. They grabbed two undrafted. The rest are all um, looks to be um, mostly uh, second-year players. So looking at this, there's a great question here from Tyrone on Facebook. Does J.J. Arcega-Whiteside have a chance to be relevant? Currently looking at how our lads has this on the depth chart. It goes Jeffrey outside, Jackson opposite him with Rager in the slot. They have Whiteside backing up Deshaun Jackson on the right side. Do we feel, let's that's say, weird? Yes, yeah. that's, that is not what the team said. That's not at all what it's going to be. I know, right? <laughs> like the the team has come out and said that Rager. The plan right now is Rager is going to back up Jackson. He's going to learn one position. They feel yeah. like they yeah. screwed up with with JJ trying to make him learn all the positions. They're they they want Rager to learn one spot, like. We could be into week two and not see any snaps from Jalen Rager. That's that's exactly. in the realm of possibility. So, yeah, I think I think Whiteside has a chance to to be productive because I don't I don't buy that depth chart at all. Well, Whiteside, well, and then you've got the injury with Jeffrey too. That Whiteside right. going to be yeah, yeah. and he's built just like Jeffrey. He's the only other wide receiver that's built like that on the team. So if someone's going to slide into Jeffrey's role. It's going to be JJ, and I'm very interested to see how that plays out. They led the league last year in 12 personnel, so it's basically going to be outside wide receivers, inside tight ends. That's how they're going to run this offense. They won't this year, though, because the Rams will lead in 12 yeah. personnel. <laughs> <laughs> right, Lauren? <laughs> Our Sega Whiteside, 6'2", 225, runs a four five four. He has all the tools to break out. He, I he think. was great at contested catches in college. So yeah, went to Stanford. Um, I just, I don't know. It's you know by the time our Sega Whiteside becomes relevant, is Carson Wentz still healthy? Uh, uh, like th- this isn't me joking. This is me being legitimately serious. Is Carson Wentz healthy when our Sega Whiteside finally hits a stride? Didn't he play all sixteen last year? Yes, he did. <laughs> He's played four years in the league, and he's finished two years. Like it, it's not like that's not very good. I wouldn't be quoting that stat. <laughs> yeah, that's a Josh. That's a failing grade. I would stick with last year. Last year. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, and oh, hold on. It's not so, like he's getting hurt in the same place every year. Okay, check Let's it out, Ma. I got a fifty percent. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing that I heard that I thought was interesting, and I, I don't know if there's any truth to this, so do not quote me. But what I heard was there's rumors going around that Wentz might be potentially looking at retirement at the end of this year or in a couple of years, which is why Philly might have felt obligated to take Jalen Hurts in the second round. This sounds like some 4chan stuff. What are you? What is, yeah. Where is listen, this coming from? I uh, the dark web. Yeah. <laughs> listen, I heard it. I heard it on Cowboys Radio. That could be very oh, that's biased. Fine. There you go. Could be very biased. <laughs> All right. I heard it on 1053 the fan here in Dallas. So it could be I think very the biased. They reached for Hertz was because they're so far up against the cap. And by that I mean fifty million over it going into twenty twenty one that they can't afford to pay an actual backup 
So get a rookie on a rookie contract. That's why they drafted it hurts where they did hmm. because interesting waiting to get a, a quarterback in the fourth or fifth round, you're not going to have the same type of hit rate that you would if you're taking him in the second round. All right. And let's end the show off of this because we're finished all with our look inside previews right now. Next week, we'll be covering the Buffalo Bills, my New England Patriots, and the New Orleans Saints. Something that happened today on Wednesday, the Ivy League has canceled and decided to postpone all fall sports. Uh, and then they will, I believe they're going to give a ruling on their winter sports in about a week or so, you know, when mm-hmm. they'll be able to come back. And something that I heard on the radio in Boston today, this morning, that I found interesting was of the of the three leagues that are currently getting back right now, Major League Baseball, the National Basketball Association, and National Hockey League, who do you feel has the best chance of finishing their season with no interruptions? I thought this was a very interesting question, and I agreed with what each of the hosts had to say. I'll save my answer for the end. I want to start with Mike because I saw you kind of perk up and mm. kind of get the get the gears turning there. Of the, of the three sure. that are coming back right now, not including MLS or the NWSL, of the big four sports in America, the three that are coming back, who do you feel has the best chance of finishing sure. off the season? So, yeah, I am following these things pretty closely. Uh, I need football to exist. Same. <laughs> we uh, all do at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, but to me, it would be Major League Baseball. Um, yeah, I, I, you could probably, you know, this is where I can throw the joke of like they're not actually athletes, so they're more likely to get sick. Like, I mean, just you know, disparage baseball, but they're they don't really have to be around each other. Where yeah. Where basketball, they're they're kind of on top of each other. I, did you guys, uh, you guys, are you aware of uh, David Chow, Doctor Chow, uh, pro football yeah. doc? Yeah. So he had a really interesting video uh, a week or two ago where he kind of gave all of his his insight on COVID. Now he's not, you know, this isn't his specialty, but he was talking about how uh, it gave me optimism, I should say, and talking about like how when when they shut down. The NBA because uh, the guy um, his name is escaping me the from the Jazz who tested positive Rudy Gobert Rudy yeah Rudy and like apparently the night that before they had played the Raptors and he had it then but and, and no but then no one from the Raptors got it because yeah. it's it, it we still don't know uh, it's, they kept using this word viral load which is really gross like it's <laughs> it's like viral the worst load. phrase I've ever heard oh, in my life. Yeah. But he just that's that's what it's all about. Like how much is in your how much how much of the virus is in your breath? And it's kind of all over the place. So I I would I would uh, vote that baseball would be the one that would make it through. Okay, uh, we'll go to Ryan next. I, I it's probably baseball. The one thing is I don't I haven't paid enough attention. Are are baseball and hockey isolating in one area like NBA is? I believe uh, baseball's not. They're traveling. Yeah. Right. I think hockey. They ha- they've been very quiet about it, but I believe they're going to Canada. I could okay. be wrong about that, but I believe they're bubbling in two different cities in Canada. Uh, see, I, I would almost lean the NBA just because of how they're isolating. They, they're they trying to push through and get this thing done. So I, I agree with everything Mike said with baseball, and it makes the most sense. My initial thing, because of the NBA isolation, I was going to say the NBA. Hmm. Okay. Josh? I think the issue with the NBA is that it's in Florida, where 
cases yeah, are it doesn't spiking help. like crazy yeah, right yeah. now. I take that yeah. back. I should go to Canada so. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest healthcare in the world. <laughs> there was right? there was a no, point I, of this. All right, there was a point of this. I don't know if you guys remember. This was like May when everyone was formulating their plans and baseball came out and they said, okay, we are, what if we do this? What if we play all the games either in Arizona yeah, or we play them all, all, all the games in Florida? Like, that was going to be the plan. Yes. In May. That was the plan. The Whoops. two, the two worst states that had the coronavirus at that point, they maybe were like, this, yeah, let's just go there. Still maybe, at this point. I was saying now, maybe this was Florida and Arizona's way of saying, we don't want that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Josh, to you. What do you yeah, I, I would lean baseball, if anything, because their their systems are so deep. Like they've canceled uh, essentially minor league baseball, but they still have that whole entire those deep rosters of players that even mm-hmm. if, you know, players opt out or, you know, someone gets infected for two weeks, they have a, basically a reservoir to deep into more so than some of the other leagues. Yeah, I, I have to go with hockey. I feel like. Whether they've just been the most quiet about everything happening or nothing to report has come out about any COVID cases with them, there's been very minimal from what I've seen. And I, I think I think hockey has the best chance. Yes, it is contact, but you know, they're they're all covered up essentially and the NHL <laughs> sweaty socks though, man. Yeah, no, I understand <laughs> that. But disgusting. The NHL's so soft now. Like until you get to the playoffs, it's so soft. I, I oh, think stop. It's so much better now. <laughs> okay, listen. Listen. I I'm not saying that I don't enjoy the fast-paced play of hockey and how beautiful it is. But I want to see someone get their face punched in at least once a game. Like I want to see fights. There's fights. You can no, want great no, news there, for you. Listen, There's the MMA. Listen. It exists. No, no, because the MMA, they have to fight. That That's a requirement. I want to see two players get so pissed off at each other, they drop the gloves, rip off their helmets, and decide to have an MMA fight on the ice. It's just so Now ridiculous. they just have to keep the gloves on when they fight. That's all. No, no, take them off. Take them off. They actually they put a garbage bag over everybody. <laughs> all right, now you can fight. Listen, listen. L- Lauren's saying, what hockey am I watching? Listen, hockey gets rough, but at this point in the NHL, there are not actual fist fights. They very rarely happen. Watch the NHL. Count how many fights there were now compared to 10 years ago. The numbers are very, very different with 10 years ago being much more physical in terms of fighting. Hockey is still physical. It's still rough, but there is not enough fighting at the pro level. Lauren and I went to a lightning game last year and there was no fighting in it. Yes, yes. It's, it's, it's annoying. Because it's better. The fighting uh, is so dumb. Listen. I want 41-year-old Zidane Chara with his broken jaw going up against anybody. I want to see it happen. I like that you're like, it's unscripted. Fighting in hockey was like the most scripted crap. It was That was a soap <laughs> opera. It. You, you it know who's going to fight. I love like, it. Oh, yeah, because there's fighters and then there's bitches. There's, there's the difference. <laughs> like, listen, listen. Here's the problem. In hockey, when they had all the fighting... They would have people that's like they're not even good at the sport. Yeah, that yeah. your your whole job yeah, is to be think. bad at the sport, but that, you're good at fighting. Like that doesn't make that, any sense to me. Play that, the sport. That was David Backus in the 2019 Stanley Cup playoffs. The only reason the Bruins had him in there 
was to be an enforcer and he was bad at that job. Like that's, that's the only reason he was in there. Oh, listen, Lauren, I'm not a stars fan. I'm a Bruins fan. I don't, I don't like you and your team. All right. You're very mean wow. to us because she's a blues fan. They beat us in the Stanley cup finals last year. You, you just said you don't like her. No, I don't like. Yeah. All right. Maybe you I did. Say, I have said that to Lauren's face on the show. I'm pretty sure. I'm I pretty like sure that I've you said had that. to announce that your team got beat in the finals because the rest of us didn't know. Yeah. Like no. we don't care. No, no one cares about hockey. <laughs> yeah, at this point, no. We no don't. one cares about hockey. Just Absolutely move on, no dude. Cares. Josh, I like ending shows on fun things, okay? Please sue me, all right? Um, okay, that's all I have. That's all I have is Mike shakes his head very, very angrily at me. <laughs> Mike, Ridiculous. <is> there... <laughs> Mike, anything else you would like to add today? Also, let everyone know where they can find you and everything that you guys do with the ballers. Sure. So the fantasy footballers were a redraft show. We're a year long redraft show. We do talk some dynasty from time to time, but it's July. So that means we're up to three shows a week. They release Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. And then once August hits, man, five days a week, we're look, you could listen to this podcast. You could listen to like a really good one five times a week in August. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. What a shot. I love that. Is, I is absolutely this, love that. Is this where we throw gloves off and, and we listen, pretend that listen, we're fighting? Do do all you want. We're, <laughs> we're, we're highlighting the women of fantasy football in August, so your ass Which better be Which is spectacular. Be here. It's yes. spectacular. But no, I, I love that. Mike, no, it's no been one, a blast having you yes. on, dude. This has been yeah. so much fun. No, really appreciate it, Mike. You got no it, one, No one has ever decided to shit talk us at the end of a show, and I greatly appreciate that. You're not getting um, the right guests, man. I absolutely love that. Oh, that's amazing. Please, all right, listen. To all future guests of the show, yes. throw bows. We don't care. I'll throw them right back at you. I'm from Boston. Um, and Josh is an Eagles fan. Which are, they're just notorious for being. Yeah, asses. they're gross. Yes, absolutely gross. Ryan, who's your? T- I don't know who your team is, Ryan. So, my story is weird. I was a huge Eagles fan. I felt betrayed when they did McNabb the way they did McNabb. My son's mm. name is my son's name is Donovan. I was a huge McNabb fan. So, my favorite <laughs> team is my fantasy football team. <laughs> oh, all there right. you go. I love that. Oh. And with that. Uh, you can follow uh, Hitman on Twitter here at FF Hitman. It says it right there if you're watching us live here on the live stream. Uh, you can follow Ryan at the Fantasy Five, Josh at the One Hudsonian, and myself at Joe underscore Zolo. And you can follow Club Fantasy on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Club Fantasy FFL. The URL is Club Fantasy FFL.com. If you're listening to the podcast, you're listening to 97.3 Sunshine Jams of Fort Lauderdale, Miami. You want to see us live. You want us to answer your questions live on air. Be sure tune in Wednesday nights for the live show recording. Always remember, defense wins championships. Offense wins fantasy football. We are back next week with the Buffalo Bills, New England Patriots, and New Orleans Saints with David from FantasyGo.com. Good night. Have a Lovely, wonderful day, evening, night. I don't know where you are. Just enjoy yourself.